This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This is Sunday Skate on Sports Radio WEEI. For the first time in 39 years, the Boston Bruins have won the Stanley Cup. Talking Bruins in the NHL. Sure, old-time hockey. Like it is sure. Yeah. yeah. With Ken Laird from the Craig Hill Morning Show. What a bunch of criminals. We ought to be in jail. That's all there is to it. Pete Blackburn from CBS Sports. What are you guys doing? Putting on the foil. Every game. Yeah, you want some? No. And WEEI.com Bruins writer Matt Kalman. Everything gonna be (laughs) alright? Sunday Skate is brought to you by Star Market. Give me a great the official supermarket of the Boston Bruins and by Red River Technology. Brought your cars with you, huh? Yeah, we're on the road. All set to go. Lace them up for some bees talk right now. We got a lot of losses. Yeah, we got a lot of losses. Sunday skate, I'll give it a big B plus. On Sports Radio WEEI. All right, here we go. One year later, same question, same exact question as one year ago, Matt Common and Pete Blackburn. When the Bruins win the cup, who gets it second after Zdeno Chara? Who gets the hoist? Or was it third? We're talking about who gets it third after Bergeron? Oh, of course, third. After, and, you know, obviously, David Backus will have to come from back from Minnesota to pick it up because he'll, <laughs> he'll still have his name carved in it because they love him. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the trade deadline a year later. What's up, Pete? How's it going? Going well. I, I put this out on Twitter last night. A quick uh, a devil's advocate question because I am of the uh, get Chris Kreider, if you can get Chris Kreider mindset and uh, – get some help at the trade deadline, which is coming up on February 24th. But a couple of things are pretty much accepted in the NHL, right? Number one, most trade deadline deals for rentals don't work out, right? Fact, true. I mean, last year, Stone went, and I guess he signed you know, for a long-term extension with Vegas, but Vegas went out of the first round. If you look at it, it's just like one-year impact. It didn't really pay off for Vegas last year. Uh, Columbus, 29, 29 teams don't win the Cup. That's what you're trying to say. Okay, but the last two teams that won the Cup... Really didn't add anything at the deadline the last couple of years, right? St. Louis, their big move was was the coaching change. Well, that's because they were out of it. <laughs> I had the trade deadline. They had reasons not to buy. And so. two years ago, the Capitals, what did they do, a minor move? Well, Michael Kempney ended up being a top-pair defenseman, but yeah, no one was excited about it when it happened. And I would say last year, the Bruins' deals worked out. Yes, Johansson worked out for sure. Um and got them to a cup final. I think that's all you could ask for. But wouldn't you say, what's the success rate across the league? Is it like 25% rental deals? I mean, like Matt said, what's the success rate for teams winning the cup across the league? Uh, true. Very slim. Okay. But you cost yourself. I think it's for the Bruins' standpoint. You're gonna Nobody's going to care that uh, Par Lindholm gets bumped down the lineup for whoever they bring in or, or somebody on the fourth line. But... You're going to lose a first-round pick. That's the big thing, right? And 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 you're going to lose a, a top prospect. You know, most prospects are a coin flip. But are you willing to give up Vakaninen? Are you willing to give up Stanika, uh, Beecher, who they just took this year? 
and basically tell your fans we're going for a year and a half run here, and after that, all bets are off. Well, they're not going to do that. They're not going to give up Vakanine and Beecher or Stanika? Probably not. Yeah. I mean, there's like eight teams in on Chris Kreider right now. Because it doesn't work like that. They're just not going to get them then because they don't. This is not how the teams operate anymore. They never. They're constantly serving the present and the future. So I think there's there's two trains of thought. You don't have to be the team that goes out and overpays and pays a premium for Chris Kreider. That he doesn't necessarily have to be your guy, but that doesn't also mean that you have to stand pat. You can go after one of these alternative options and not give up as much. Alternative options. Yeah, God, that sounds good. I mean, well, I mean, that doesn't necessarily that mean a bad or player. No, like like a Kyle Palmieri. I don't know what he's going to cost you. I know Fluto Shinzawa floated him earlier. I think that he would be a really good fit here. I don't know necessarily yeah, he's what gonna he He's going to cost costs. you as much because he has a term. He's going to cost you almost as much as Kreider at this point. Almost as much. But the alternative, I, alternative is like, like Ken just said, it's not necessarily as awful as Lee Stempniak, but it's... It's it's the Foley. We know that that's in, that's always going to be in the cards, right? It's it's the Foley. If someone Foley like that, the LA Kings. But exactly. I think, I think even Toffoli is going to cost you a lot. Nah, it's not going to. The market's come as pretty thin this year, much. and there are a lot of teams that need scoring. But the, the fact is that these teams are waiting. We know if 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 Toffoli was such an attractive option, then I think Ken and I have said this already. That Pittsburgh would have already made the move on him because we know they're in on him. Calgary, these teams would would have already made the move. They're all kind of waiting. He's like everybody's fallback option. Once they see what even happens with Kreider. I mean, we don't even know Kreider's getting traded. They're going to start talking this week, right, the Rangers and him. So who knows? I mean, But they're out of it. They could always trade him and then sign him again in the offseason. Yeah, but when does that ever really happen? Uh, Tell happened. me. Mookie bets in the Red Sox. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when, when does this ever right. happen? People always say, oh, you can trade him and sign I him. I love when, when people say that. Happen? That never works out. Oh, my God. Should the Bruins make a move and how big of a move at the trade deadline. You can reach us here on Sunday Skate, presented by Star Market and Red River Technology at 617-779-7937. Texts at 37937. We had a string of uh, tweet responses. Most of them were of the mindset, if you don't make a move, you're gone in the first or second round. Uh, if, if you don't get a physical presence, this was weird. Uh, Matt, you and I were at the game yesterday and talking to Mick Collagio, uh, and he was saying what they missed last year was when they got into playing tougher teams, I, I'll, I, you know, really, St. Louis, they needed a physical winger to be able to break through a tough back line. And, you, and, get and to you're going to love my answer to this one, but, <laughs> you know, if if they don't get that at the deadline, you know who's coming back? Brett Ritchie. Oh, don't say that. He is. Is he really? He's playing pretty well down there. He's well, not what about Backus? Scoring. Bring them both back then. We'll, <laughs> well just give a rotation. By then he'll have been out like, what, six? What does David Backus have to not playing for like eight weeks look like? <laughs> Fresh. We've seen what Fresh he looks like after not playing for eight minutes. <laughs> no, I, I mean, but last year that you said Johansson worked out. That's not a physical player. No. So if that worked out, quote unquote, I'll, you know, I guess didn't work out in the cup final necessarily. A lot of th- things worked why out do you for need them. A phys- why do I you mean, need a banger? Again, we're not, we're not taking anything away from them by saying the chips also really fell their way, right? They got to play Carolina in the conference final instead of a Washington or a team with more broke. Everything kind of worked out. If, if When you look at it from now, you can't bank on those things happening. You're not even going to get an easy Toronto in the first round again, right, probably. Well, you, you're might. Gonna, you, you might, but you're going to probably have maybe have a tougher task in the first round. You might get Columbus, which we know how hard they can, they, they can be to grind through. So you have to always plan for the worst case or the toughest case and and go for it. And again, Johansson and Coyle worked out because they got past <laughs> Toronto. Those guys didn't do anything against Toronto. So again, it, you know, 
you had game to, seven. Did they they sh- they showed up late in the, in the no? That the was their, that was Freddie Anderson giving up the softy to Corrali and all that. I mean, that wasn't uh, them. They they t- they took it on in the in the Columbus series. Okay, but you you see right now Bruce Cassidy falling in love with this third line that has Sean Corrali on Coyle's left wing. Some of the the quotes yesterday. Quote, I have to tell you, Coyle was really driving that line. He was exceptional. With right. Corrali on the left, it's a different flavor. Bjork adds some speed. You have guys who can hunt pucks. He's pumping, he he's is pumping loving Coyle. these he's, guys. He's pumping Coyle up, not that line. He doesn't he's love talking about Corrali's He doesn't speed. love that line. He he put that line together and he's praying because this is all about piecing it together until you get to Feb twenty four. And I love Kuhlman. I mean, he and Krejci are a good combo. You can't knock Carson Kuhlman. But he can't finish. He okay, can't but finish. We saw it in the, the playoffs we saw it yesterday. Now. He's a good grinding third or fourth liner with more talent than a third or fourth liner, not a second liner. It, it's just, uh, I mean, I am playing devil's advocate, but from Bruce's point of view, if he loves his team and they're in first place and they're rolling off wins here six in a row, and you, what did you and say you, last you month? You don't want to just go yeah. for a one and a half year run. You can't be like that. You can't just say, oh, you they can't were put great too in November. Stock. They were terrible in January. Now they're great again in February. You can't. Yeah, you can't put too much stock in these certain runs, and and I think that can come back to bite you. And just like it, when it's low, don't take the lows too too heavily. I think you got to look at the full picture. And, you're not, and, and you're if not, you've been complaining about the fact that you need secondary scoring, that's going to rear its head again down the stretch, and, and you need to address it. And now how many? While you can. And how many playoff teams have they really played lately? I mean. How many legit playoff teams? Not to mention how different the game is. We know that's why well, Vancouver's the first. That's place why you team. need to have the bulky play. You can get through to not April the road, without not. the bulky player, but you can't do that in the playoffs. We saw that. I mean, we, it, I hate to keep bringing him up, but that's the Pat Maroon effect, right? He was terrible. The Pat Maroon effect last season, and then look how effective he was in the in the playoffs. Not to mention the fact that you've got Tampa on your heels. Very, very I, much I, so. You really can't you can't afford to lose any ground, especially knowing the fact that. Whoever finishes second is going to play a team in the division. But would you rather? But, but would you rather a, play Toronto or Florida? I know. At this point? I, I, you might want to finish second. I, I don't know. It depends who finishes there. But I, I, I it would be a, it would be a tough sell to to take the the two over the one seed, just knowing uh, the home ice factor. Or maybe it would be Montreal and Kovalchuk. Did you hear any of of Don Sweeney's uh, chat uh, in Winnipeg? I think he met yeah. the media. Yeah. I mean, he you kind of came away from it thinking he's. He's now he's not going to play his hand, I guess, before the deadline. But he's talking like he loves the team, and and he's maybe hinting on if we stand pat, it's not the worst thing in the world. They're not going to stand pat. They're going to add some sort of depth, even if it's a Lee Stempniak, Drew Stafford type. They're going to add someone. They have to just to say that they did something. You, you can't have like Anton Bleed be your thirteenth forward. You need to have someone with some skill. All right. Now, last year, beyond Mark Stone, uh, Nyquist went to San Jose. Was that a success or failure? I mean, they got a couple rounds in. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought that he was, was pretty good there. Yeah. Wayne Simmons went to Nashville. Did he that was, that was a massive failure. Kevin Hayes went to Winnipeg for a first-round pick. And people failure. are comparing this return to what the Rangers would get for trading Chris Kreider. That's because, that's because people are overrating Kevin Hayes forever. Now the Flyers are doing it. I mean, look what He's been pretty good for the Flyers. Look paying him. He doesn't, have, he doesn't produce as much as, as he should. Winnipeg, the, I think, had to make him. that deal based off of you know what they needed uh, at second-line center. They made the deal for Stastny the year before. That worked out. They went for Hayes. Didn't work out as well. Dezingle and Duchesne went to Columbus. Dezingle for two seconds and Duclair. Columbus got, uh, gave up a first, a second, and two prospects for Duchesne. 
Now they did make it around, I guess. That was, so. I mean, that was a total unique experience. They decided they were going to go, as they say, all in, mm-hmm. and they just threw everything around, and it, it almost paid off. I mean, you know, they hey, they won it, the first playoff series in in franchise history. Exactly. <laughs> so, so big but, win. But I'm now looking here. Teams that have interest in Chris Kreider, the top target on the free agent market this year in the NHL. Bruins, Penguins, Avalanche, Blues, Oilers, Blue Jackets, Islanders, Flyers. That's unbelievable. You're getting into a bidding war with 10 teams. It's definitely going to cost you Vakanainen or Stanika and a first-round pick. I don't so, think they're going to win that bidding war. That's the, why they're the not going to win the bidding the, war. The other, team, the other teams are going to be more desperate than the Bruins are. And Toffoli is a poor man's Kreider, you're saying. He can give you a little bit of physicality. He's kind of a 15-goal guy. Kreider's maybe that's, that's a 25-goal guy. I watched all the Kreider's goals. It was just buzzing back to the app. He's got 20 this year. A lot of net front tips. He's a, he's a great tip artist, like power play, net front guy. I'm not really sure that's exactly what the Bruins need. I mean, it'd be nice to have on your second power play. Uh, and he's got some obviously some feet and some and some grit. But would did you get do you get too wrapped up in the Boston thing? He played at BC, obviously, and he's another Massachusetts guy. Uh, is that overrated in terms of cr- what Kreider would bring to you? I don't. I don't want to say no based off of the uh, the people that are running this team because they love those Boston guys, man. It's unbelievable. Well, no, I mean the the the, the key for them is I mean, they might have the best chance of re-signing him, which is what everyone's thinking about, right? I mean, how many, except for Columbus last year, how often now do you see teams really anti up? I mean, I guess Winnipeg did it too, but um, how many, how much are these guys anting up to get the rental for two months? And what do you want for a long term? Yeah, I think, I think it's like you know six times seven, seven times seven. Which so. they're not going to give him that, right? I mean, that would they're, be outrageous. that's another reason why they're probably not going to get him. Yeah, I, I I also think that like this this front office puts a lot of value into locker room guys and like how guys will slot in and and you know, I think that is part of the reason that they a lot of the times it's the Boston connection. I think that they envision that being uh, in their favor. So I don't know. We'll see. But I mean, like I said, Kyle Palmieri. One of those guys, too. So he has uh, connections with, with some of the guys here already. So. There you go. Just to finish up on Kreider, he's a left wing. At least he is now. And maybe he can play the offside. But if you do bring him in, then where does he go? Does the brusque drop down and you put Kreider with the Krejci line? And then the brusque kicks Corrali back to the fourth line? So it's Coyle, Bjork, and DeBrusque as your as your third line? And are you convinced that's going to work? I mean, where would they put him if they bring Chris Kreider in? Probably with Coil. You think with Coil, yeah. and they'd keep DeBrusque up there. Yeah, DeBrusque, Krejci. But he'd be a third line guy. You'd be paying like for a first line player who's playing third line and second power play minutes. I, I'm starting to feel like Pete. Maybe they go second tier here. That's that's maybe too much. I mean, once you get into the middle uh, middle six, like I think that it, it's pretty. Uh, you know, however much you want to weigh it, it's still a very valuable piece. Uh, especially down the stretch, I think you're going to need at least three three strong, reliable lines to make a serious push. So, yeah. uh, you know, h- h- what's the difference there between him being on the second or third line? It's not a lot. And most unfortunately, if Kreider, Krejci, and Kuhlman are one line, that is an, that is a most unfortunate name for a line. You, you cannot have the <laughs> triple K line uh, at any point. So, uh, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe Jerry Callahan fall. would start watching hockey. Uh, no, unnecessary. Jerry is a friend of the show. Maria is in Watertown, and we might as well just get to her off the jump here on Sunday Skate to start the program. And start 2020. Good morning, Maria. Back, guys. Hey, Maria. Um, Question for you guys. Does anybody miss Stanton Heinen in this lineup right now? Because I sure don't. (laughs) No, no, no. Just saying. Calman loves Stanton Heinen, so you just just heard him badly. 
I, I know, but I have to speak the truth. This is why you gentlemen like me to call, right? I, I, I understand the things that he does, but to me, it can't go unnoticed that, that this team seems to be moving the puck a little bit more quickly, taking more shots. I just don't see what you gentlemen see. But having said that, the answer to the question that's being posed today is unequivocally do not stand pat. I, you know, we've been hearing for quite some time now about the, the, the core of this team getting older and the window of opportunity getting shorter and shorter and shorter. And I don't want to see Don Sweeney do what, you know, Peter Shirelli has done in the past and honestly what other GMs in this town have done in the past is what are you holding on to these draft picks for? You need to utilize some of them to make your team better. And if that means making hard decisions, including moving someone off the roster for an opportunity to provide Patrice Bergeron and Zidane Chara with the best opportunity you can to hoist another cup, then I think you owe it to the team, you owe it to the fans to do it. I'm, I'm tired of just, just seeing just another guy at the trade deadline. This is what happens. We get Jags. Jags are nice, but they're not going to help you win a Stanley Cup. Now, what do you think about Johansson last year, Maria? Because I don't think it's outrageous to suggest they go get him again. He's got a year left on his contract. They thought about signing him in the first place, and he worked. You know he works. Uh, he, he, yes, he, he did work, but I think what, what really hurt them against St. Louis is not having a little bit more muscle up front. And, and I'm, on, I'm on the boat of I really do want a guy with some muscle up front. I want a guy that is sitting on that bench who's like foaming at the mouth to get out there and pummel someone. And I'm not saying like drop the gloves. I want someone on that bench that the other team has to look over their shoulder to worry about um, on the ice. And, you know, I think that's something that they've been sorely lacking. I, I think it hurt them last year in the playoffs. Score, you know, not scoring hurt them, of course, but I think that that toughness really, I think it's it's critical and it's important in the game of hockey. That's just my, you know, old school line of thinking, I guess. Yep. Maria, you're the best. We appreciate it. Thanks for starting off Thanks, 2020 guys. on the skate. Now, now she took a shot at Heinen. Do you want to respond? I, what I has just, happened I just, to the I just hate to break it to Maria and all the fans that expect them to go all in. With, with the rare exceptions of the teams we've talked about, the, the teams don't go all in anymore. Well, first of Especially all, the Bruins don't. Plus, That's been plus their MO, the, right? I don't know where Don Sweeney gets his reputation. He traded a first two years ago to get Rick Nash. He traded two seconds last year to get Johansson. He's not hoarding draft picks. He's not Danny Ainge. He's trading the draft picks. He's, he's bolstering the team. But they're never going to go, okay, we're going to trade our first every year and end up... You can't do that. You can't, well, you can. You could be the New York Rangers who had to completely strip down to get to build back up. By trading their first every year, and but you now, brought up Rick Nash. Was that a success? Or, well, or I mean, did you we can debate that. There? I mean, clearly, clearly, he was going to be a success if he didn't get hit in the head. I mean, he didn't bring them to where they needed to go, but I right. think that it was the right move. But they still won, went around again, and they, you know, they got the experience they need. You need to. It's all about you have to give these guys experience, right? So when these younger guys are coming up, the McAvoys and the and the, the Brusks of the world. So, th- yeah, that that got them to the second round. It, so, it showed them what they had to do to match up with, with the Lightning. Yeah. And it, it taught them a lot of things. I mean, you can't – and, it, you know, that first, it, it was kind of painful. But, you know, the, they think that in the, in the long run they ended up getting Lauco 
and Axelson and that or Anderson in that trade in that draft. So you have to count your your scouts to kind of come up bigger in the later rounds. They've done that in the past. I mean, and you can also talk about the draft picks and and you know you need you need to hold on to them to have to find success in in the handful of years down the road. Look at the guy, the handful of guys that they've taken over the past handful of years. How many of those guys are here and making a difference? Well, first-round picks. I mean, McAvoy and Pasternak are first-round picks. So think about that. You could be trading the next David Pasternak with with this trade coming up. So don't just dismiss it as I don't think they're, I don't think they're trading their first. I mean, that's what it comes down to. And if that's what the price for Kreider, they're just not going to get Kreider. Well, that's definitely the price. I mean, it's first than a, a player, well, right? Yeah, that's what people say well, now. Well, you look at the we, past MO. They don't that. trade first-round draft picks. The one for Rick Nash is the only only first-round pick that's been dealt. Okay, well, because, get, ready, uh, get ready for the alternate <laughs> option. Well, like, well, like, like I was just saying, it's, it's just not the way they operate. And let's face it, you say, you're talking about Don Sweeney. sounds like he loves his team because mm-hmm. he does. You know what I'm saying? They 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 could conceivably I mean, obviously there'd be a backlash from Maria and people like that. But if you're the team that's in, in the first place in the whole NHL right I now, know. clearly you have a chance to win the cup without adding anyone. Is that giving you your best chance? No, but we know that. Well, that's my point. I we, ripped. A's we know this that week. the best chance to win the cup last year was Mark Stone. If they had got regardless, if you were willing to pay that price and convince obviously Vegas that he. You know, to take your prospect instead of Ottawa's, or yep. that, that to make the deal with the prospect, then you you're the best chance. But you know, there are circumstances where the team does wants a certain pick player, or a player only wants to go to a certain place, or you don't want to mortgage your future for one year, and they're never going to do that. Do you think they win the cup with Mark Stone last year? I mean, you can make that case. I yeah, guess. absolutely. I mean, there's no doubt. Of course, well, they have a better shot. Of course, then you probably don't have a Stanika in your or Vakanine in your in your pipeline right now. You don't have your first round pick. Whatever it took to get him, and and he's and you, and you probably still don't have Mark Stone because he was clearly only going to resign in Vegas. So there's all these factors, right? Freddie in New Hampshire, he was a big Rick Nash fan. You, you remember Fred oh, a God. couple of years ago? Hello, Freddie. Morning, morning guys. Morning, Ken, Pete, Matt. I uh, where do you guys get off talking about? They would have won the cup if they had one person, this person. That they lost the last game. They went to the seventh game and they. They threw up a dud. If they had, I don't care if they had Gretzky in that game. They threw up a dud in that game. Well, that's because Gretzky would seven. stink in 2019. <laughs> he probably would. He stunk before. <laughs> Anyways, um, they, you know, people could go and, you know, look what happened. They lost. They, they didn't win the cup. They went to the seventh game of the Stanley we, Cup. So we're giving out participation trophies now? Is that what this is? No, participation. That was a great playoff series. And, and yeah, they lost. But, uh, you know, let's move on from there. When people keep going, oh, look what happened. They didn't get there. Put one person in there, and then the Nash stuff. Bring up the Nash stuff. Where do you think? You know what his playoff record was. Nash was never going to do anything here, even if his head was on straight. He, he was not. He's not a playoff person. He's not a playoff uh, you know, somebody's going to perform in the playoffs. It's you go back over his record. So let's talk about this season. Right, uh, Montreal. They go into Montreal and they beat them eight to one. Wasn't that a beautiful thing? It was. It was. It was one. I mean, I've never seen it before to go into Montreal, and, and the way this team has been playing this year, it's just it's a pleasure to, to see. I mean, you're getting um, the Krejci. Um, Pasta. What we're watching here is something special. I'm enjoying what's happening now. So, I mean, if Sweeney does nothing, Fred, you're okay with it? No, no. I want. I want to see Tefali come here. 
But that right now, I just want to, you know, we get <clears throat> the best game of the year was Winnipeg. Agreed. The last Winnipeg game, sure. best game because of the, year. of the team toughness and the just because, yeah. And uh, is is Chara not a beast? Five on threes, it's five and three and a half, and we're going to miss him when he's gone. He that man, he's he's one of the best captains the Bruins have ever had. Now. Um, the Bruins have only had ten losses all year. Think about that: ten losses in regulation. Oh, yep. And and two of them to Ottawa and Detroit. Jeez. It's um, you know, and then what was with yesterday's game? Lazan, he, he he makes a hit, and yeah, it came up, and the guy rattled his head off the off the glass, but um, McAvoy gets targeted to the head. And they give him two minutes. What's the matter with you? Well, these this guys? is one I can actually answer. Step on, step on, stayed down, went to the room. Oh, that's a match penalty. Oh, McAvoy got on. McAvoy Don't, got up and went to the bench. Was on for that? What? Yeah, that was, you got to blame Step on? Come on. No, but I'm saying, hit. why is it a match penalty? Have you ever seen a match penalty for that? Give me a break. I don't know if it, it was, was blindside and dirty as hell. I mean, oh of course it's a I, I thought that it was it was very uh, egregious in the sense that he he jumped into him. He jumped into him, got the head. Left both skates, elbow up into the jaw, blindside. At least McAvoy saw the guy coming. Talky. I don't know if it's I necessarily hard. I don't know if I necessarily <laughs> want to say that he was trying to injure the guy, but I mean, when you throw a hit like that, it's the, you bring it into the conversation, and that gets you thrown out of the game. All right, we'll hear Bruce Cassidy uh, respond uh, after the game about the officiating or per- perhaps some perceived uh, disparity in the punishment for Lawson Krause, who came back and hit McAvoy. It is Sunday Skate. It's the 2020 launch. We are here every Sunday from 8 to 9 a.m., perhaps an additional hour starting next month. Pete Blackburn is from CBS Sports. You know Matt Cowan from WEI.com. And the Ken Skate Laird. Podcast. we got to plug yeah. the podcast more, Ken. Every Wednesday. Check that out at uh, Thursday the Pod on Twitter. Oh, Thursday. Yeah, we were tape on Wednesdays. That's fine. Uh, more on this trade deadline talk and the Lazan hit. Uh, we also have to talk about Ilya Kovalchuk and whether he is a serious candidate to come to Boston from Montreal. That's on the way, but here's trending. You're listening to Sunday Skate with Ken Laird from the Greg Hill Morning Show, Pete Blackburn from CBS Sports, and WEEI.com Bruins writer Matt Calvin. Sunday Skate is brought to you by Star Market the official supermarket of the Boston Bruins, and by Red River Technology. Uh, listen, I didn't think it was a match penalty, personally. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know the exact factors of, okay, hit to the head, is unsuspecting, injury. It's the only discussion I had with the official. He was adamant the player was out. He was like, well, okay, he got hurt, he's in the game, he's not out. So uh, there was a bit of a difference of opinion on that, but... Um, at the end of the day, that's what they called. Uh, I thought there was a very, very, very similar hit on McAvoy right after that that went a different direction. So, um, again, that's that'll be up to them now. The league, to, I think they tend to look at those after the fact, and we'll see what happens. Bruce Cassidy talking about the Jeremy Lazan match penalty yesterday that uh, ejected him from the game, of course, which is what it is, in the 10-minute major. And uh, Kalman's, def- like, Homer defending the uh, shouldn't have oh, been a match I mean, penalty. It doesn't matter what team he's on. I don't care. I'm tired uh, of, like, sure. everyone getting up in arms every time there's a hit to the head, and it's hockey. My God, get over it. <laughs> but if he had left the game and been, like, out for two months, th- that's what makes the difference? I mean, because that kind of a hit could have that's what makes delivered the difference. exactly that That's result. what makes the difference in the league. Haven't you been paying attention? Uh, yes. Uh, 
in this case, uh, all is well, right? Both players came back, so it'll be a game suspension, though, right? You would think today after yeah, the at least probably a game. game it could two. be one anywhere from one to three, I would say, right? I mean, because you never know with these guys. You, well, the, you, I think the issue there is that you don't they don't hand out single game suspensions for hits to the head. Yeah, that's that's the thing. It has to be a multi game suspension, so, so you might two, get first two, offender. right? Uh, but I think you also do have to weigh in the fact that he he did get a game. So I would say it probably ends up being two. So how 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 the did they, how do you not also have a hearing for Kraus though? I don't understand for because people it wasn't who missed the game. Side. Lawson Kraus then in the next period after the five minute major expired went after McAvoy with a high hit. Right, uh, pretty deliberate headshot. It's right out of the Rick Talkin playbook. I mean, <laughs> exactly. So. He gave him, he gave him a nice forearm straight to the head. I mean, it was, that was a bad hit as well. I mean, it, it was penalized. It wasn't the same. Wasn't penalized in the same. Same uh, vein, but I don't. It what well, I don't think it was necessarily as egregious in the sense that Lozon lo- like lo- lost complete control of his body and launched and hit the head. And I don't think that that's what happened on McAvoy. It was more of just kind of like a forearm shiver to the face. Yeah, not a great first period for Lozon. Before that, he had like a broke his stick on a potential slap shot from the point when he was set up and uh, blew that chance right before the penalty. What about him though? We were talking about the trade deadline. If you're just jumping in. You're on our debut ish, uh, episode of Sunday Skate, uh, and whether the Bruins, if they stand pat, what would the reaction be? Because they're talking now about how much they like the team. But defensively, Lazan's been in there. Can you trust more, which you got by last year in the Cup Final with a lot of John Moore games? Camper, they've sent down, right, and uh, Clifton's hurt. Kevin Miller ain't coming back. So where are you defensively, Matt? They, they, I, they, I don't, you yeah. can make the case they need defensive help I, more than they need a winger. I would be more impressed if they bolstered their bottom pair with a Brendan Dillon type or someone like that, then uh, then if they got the top forward, because you know what, like you, like we've gone through, the, the, the forward core is pretty deep. And if you mix and match them the right ways, you, you could probably, you know, squeeze out enough offense to get pretty deep, I think. But I think we've seen in the past, especially when it comes to that guy like Matt Grizzlick and even a guy like Connor Clifton, that uh, injuries will creep up and you don't want to be, you know, dipping into your Stephen Campers and your John Moores. You might, you know, until soon you need to, you know, have have some more depth. Even if you get a guy who can play up a little bit, if, depending on the matchup, if uh, if they start to exploit say a Tory Krug or someone like that. I mean, there's and, and you know, you talk about needing eight defensemen. I mean, they you know you lost Char for the one game last year, but I think you know McAvoy and and Carlo and Krug even they they got through the playoffs. Did they miss any playoff time last year? So what what would happen to this team if one of those guys did right. actually get hurt in the playoffs? You need to have more on on tap than Stephen Kampfer. And, and uh, Krug plays you know, physical. And, and, and Lawson, if he's not traded, can be part of that mix. But I wouldn't rely on him either to go, you know, game one to game 30, whatever it is in the playoffs, to worry about it. I would worry more about uh, about having enough guys that you can rotate in. We've talked about this in the Skate Podcast. There's no law that says, okay, Matt Grizzlick has to play all 82 or Lawson or, or more. You can rotate these guys based on who's playing well, based on the schedule, based on the matchups, and, and try to find a, a third pair that's going to stand up yeah, I think getting a guy on the defensive end is a lot easier based on their needs than getting the forward. Right. And, and I, I, so I, I don't necessarily think that that's going to be too much of an issue. It's probably something that they're going to address. But there are plenty of guys that you can look at and say, okay, he'll be he'll be serviceable down the down the stretch. Whereas, you know, on offense, you need a guy in that middle six. So I, I wouldn't say that I'd be as impressed if they went out and, and and got the the defense because it's way more available than I, I think the, the middle six guys. I think the, the the offense would be improved. I think another problem against St. Louis, not just getting beat up, was just the fact that they couldn't move the puck 
against that forecheck. And part, a lot of that was because Grizzly got dinged, and it's not necessarily his fault, but we've seen it happen multiple times to him because he does take so many hits. We've seen these guys, you know, not be able to handle the the, the forecheck when you get start getting down to your seventh and eighth. So instead of just having saying, "Oh, we have seven or eight defensemen," say we have seven or eight good defensemen, that would that would help. Well, this is part of the fear the organization I would think has going forward with Grizzly and Krug. Can we can we survive with two defensemen of this size? Or, or is not it, on an every night basis. Is it inevitable in one of them is going to get dinged in the playoffs, and therefore you well, can't keep both? Krug may be less likely because he has that that knack for being more elusive. He doesn't take the hits the way Grizzly does. And I keep, you know, we keep talking about Grizzly because he's on the Bruins, and that's what we talk. There are plenty of defensemen like him who yep. get plastered a lot. That's just the way it is, and you have to, you know, protect yourself for that. Like where where are we now in Krug? This this goes down to potential <laughs> Krug wormhole. We do it every week on the oh, podcast, man. but as you, as it sits here right now. They're not going to trade him at the deadline, but in the off season, is he staying or not? And and was he making nine million a year? Or uh, he's five? not making nine million. That's a Kevin Dupont <laughs> fabrication. He's not getting nine million dollars. Uh, okay, but you know, but you, you hit free agency and people go crazy. I think I think what we talked about on the skate podcast also that is going to come to fruition. We can see what Pete thinks about this. Is is the David Krejci trade? Is is that's how you between the Bacchus buyout and the Krejci trade that frees up. Some money, the cap goes up a little bit. You can bring back crew, get a seven times seven type thing, and still have some room to to you know to improve around the edges. I mean, didn't uh, I say it? Didn't I say it last summer? I said it last summer. This is David Krejci's last year. With yeah, the I mean, it doesn't take well if that's I mean a genius. But to if figure that, that out, but but people argue they have a year and a half window. And if you have a year and a half window yeah, but with they, Chara they and Bergeron, then you don't again, trade David This Krejci. window crap is just media talk. It's it's not. It's not. Why? They don't look at it that way, though, because they're looking at the now and the future. They're always well, looking at it case, that way. that's the case, they're they definitely don't, not trading first-round Because, picks and listen, like we said about Sweeney loving this team, it's because they do love this team. And, and in Sweeney's mind, he's already given Bergeron and Chara the best chance to win. He thinks they can win the Cup this way. Well, can he still improve? Yes. They're not the ultimate perfect team. But they are a good enough team to win it all, and that's what it is. While you're not sacrificing the future, thinking about what if you don't have draft picks and prospects when Bergeron and Char are gone, you have nothing, and they're not going to ever put themselves in that position. Okay, then they're not trading big. They're not going for Chris Kreider at the deadline. But now you're talking about next year trading Krejci, but that blows up 2021. But it doesn't blow it up because you have Charlie Coyle, who I don't care what you know Twitter scouts are saying to me. If you've watched him these last few weeks when he's playing with DeBrusque and Bjork, when he's playing even with Corral, you know, people always talked about David Krejci needs to improve his wings. Well, look what Charlie Coyle is doing for Bjork and Corrali right now, making them look like top six forwards. Charlie Coyle is your number two center. I mean, you just have the Cassidy-like notes, and you're reading them out loud, right? Oh, God, did you get briefed by Cassidy? You you love Coyle, number Coyle's two center. Coyle's playing great. Better than Krejci. Not better than Krejci right now, but he's going to be the option. He's he's the cheaper option. Is David Krejci is David Krejci coming here for le- coming back here for less than the seven million he's making? Probably not, and it has to be significantly less. So if you, as a good this is a, this is a move that's for the future for the present and the future. If you trade Krejci next year, you're clearing up the seven million to keep your team together, and you're also looking ahead to the fact that you're not going to lose him for nothing. So so who are your centers next year? You're trading Krejci to keep Krug. Well, obviously, Stadnicka will be in the mix. Stadnick is your third line center. Well, he's not necessarily. They'll, they'll you know, they, you know, they'll still have some money to add, add like a, a Riley Nash type of free agent. You that could can also come get in there. a third line center coming back. You, you also have deal. Trent Frederick can, can be, get into that mix. They've got guys coming in. The Beecher is out of the picture right now. I don't even say Beecher. if there's a team that wants to upgrade and they have a, you know a third line center and you you go out and you can trade that guy and get David Krejci. Right. You do that if you're a team going for it. 
Yeah, but if you're the Bruins and you have a one-year window with Bergeron, but there's not a window. Don't trade Krejci. <laughs> what do you what do you what do you mean? There's no window. This is. I don't think it closes your core. window. I don't think there's, losing David Krejci necessarily closes your window. If and you and, and, the and right you still have them next year. I mean, you, you, no, because if you're are you a better team next year with Tory Krug or with David Krejci? Whereas with Krejci, you have the replacement in Coyle, and you have the depth at center coming up, and you can, like Pete said, add another center. Where are you finding another Tory Krug? Well, McAvoy. I mean, that's what you pay. How does that work out this year? He's well, got one McAvoy is not going to be the Tory Krug replacement. He has to be. You can't pay him that kind of money and then not have him play on the first power play and, and start to advance a little bit. Well, I mean, you can't trade Tory Krug either and say, hey, Charlie McAvoy, now you have to become Tory Krug. I'm not saying you trade him now, but you ride him out, and you, unfortunately, if he's not going to take the discount, you let him go. You don't trade Krejci. Well, well, how much? What's the discount window? to you? Five million. Seven times seven is already the discount because Dupont has him making nine. He says he loves it here. Uh, good friends with my buddy Greg Hill in the mornings. We're going to have Krug on the show. On, I understand fairly soon, so we'll try to press him on this and see whether he's willing. We to are. Play. Greg Hill is. Well, Greg, I'm part of the show. Have you ever listened? <laughs> Six to ten. What station is that on? 93.7 FM. This is Sunday Skate. You're listening to Pete Blackburn from CBS, Matt Kalman, and uh, I'm Ken Laird. Now, here's some of the responses on Twitter to the Should the Bruins Stand Pat this year at the trade deadline. From Steve, the two deals they made last year did work out. If they can grab a physical forward or a top six wing, have to look at it. Jordan, you really think they would have made the cup finals without Coyle or Johansson last year? Yeesh. It's an all-in year. It's from the Chiseler. Danny says, need a right wing badly. Mike says, need a scorer. Too reliant on the power play. Need some heavy up front. Uh, this guy says first or second round exit if no move. Tampa's won six straight, says Bob. If they don't improve, they won't win the division, much less the Cup. So pretty consensus here. People want a, a move, if not a physical forward, which translates to Kreider. So if they don't make a move, there will be some well, negative reaction. There's Kreider, but we said that the price, if they're not going to win that bidding war, like Pete said, I agree. You know, you have to look, and even look beyond to Foley. I mean, you have, you know, the Palmieri thing is going to be just as expensive as Kreider. Now, if you're going to say it's worth it more because he's got term, that's fine. But, of course, you have to also look at the fact that they do have the Krug thing coming up. They have DeBrusque and Bjork to pay. They have guys to deal with. I mean, Carlo well, Larry's Carlo, not making much money. Right, but it's still it's still money. And if you don't, if you haven't extricated the Bacchus thing, you're still the cap's not coming up that much. Then you're really saying, oh, we have to trade Krejci to, to clear the room. So, you know, there's a thing. But there are obviously secondary options. You know, New Jersey, if you're looking at New Jersey, you could look at Blake Coleman and Miles Wood. Guys with some guys with some some grit to them. I mean, there there are other guys out there that you can add that aren't going to appease these people who live in this baseball, you know, no salary cap baseball world where you could just <laughs> trade everybody for you know go all in every year and not ever care because there's 62 rounds of the draft or whatever and pl- players get signed out of the Dominican for you know without draft picks. This isn't the way it works in this league now, and this is why the Bruins. Got rid of Shirelli, brought in Don Sweeney, and this is why this this is sustainable now that every year we're talking about this and actually having a show because the Bruins are relevant is because they don't just go all in every year. Otherwise, they would be pretty much screwed. Now, uh, our producer, Brian DeFelice, brought up in my year Josh Anderson. Now, Columbus is in, yep. they're in a playoff spot right now, but there's another guy that's that's possible. Right, I mean, that's, that's possible. He, and it sounds like now, I mean, for, for months... People on Twitter were talking about him, and I kept saying, who has ever said he's available? I never saw anything until this week when McKenzie and Drager both brought him up. Now, again, then that puts you in a position, first of all, Columbus is not trading him for anything less than that package we're talking about for Kreider. You're giving up a first for him as well. I mean, he's 25, and he's only an RFA. So you have a controllable player like that who's coming off you know, terrible start to this year, but how many? he had, what, uh, 40 points, 50 points last year, whatever it was. Yep. Um, they're not giving him up for cheap. And then you're talking about okay, so now you're if you're the Bruins, you're paying that price 
you're adding another RFA forward into the mix. That that kind of makes things complicated. All right, now what about Ilya Kovalchuk, who <laughs> was available for the Bruins? They passed on him, right? Correct to say they passed. Well, we don't know that they passed. We know that he ended up in Montreal after how many weeks of no one really, you know, going after him too much, and wound up getting him on a two-way deal for league minimum, right? So. Clearly, no one was valuing this guy. I think it's safe to say that they passed. He sat there untouched for a couple of weeks. So. And he's 37, uh, or 36, 37. But he's got six goals, six assists in 15 games. He scored the game winner last night as uh, Montreal beat Toronto 2-1. to Now, he's playing in Montreal. Did like the Razor Ramon, you're finished, whatever, it's over side afterwards. I mean, they're loving this guy uh, in Canada. So uh, it's enticing if they're out of it. Now, Montreal's only five back at Toronto, though. They're actually, you could make a case they're somewhat in it, I guess. But uh, everything's not physical. Everything you're, the people you just read on Twitter are describing was not Ilya Kovalchuk. Well, it's a, it's a, first of all, it's just bizarre that he's succeeding with Claude anyway, right? How is this working, Pete? I mean, what's I, happening? Well, he's, he's getting a fair shake. And yeah, now he's, now his back's up against the wall and he's got, he has something to prove. So. Uh, the efforts there, and he's getting you know the the opportunity. He's a good. I still think that he's a good player, but I don't know if he's the player that the Bruins need. He's he's like uh, Kovalev back in the day. He's like the old Kovalev that's he's got, and he would be an obviously the first shootout guy. If you really care about winning the division, you need somebody <laughs> for like five points down the stretch here for every shootout. I think they will, they'll go to three forwards in overtime before they you know worry about shootout specialists. They're just going to avoid the shootout from now on. Their shootout stats are so. Hilarious. Nothing like building up for a run for the playoffs by getting a shootout specialist. Yeah, right. <laughs> but if you want to win the division, Marshawn is 0 for 7 in shootouts this year. It's unbelievable. Krejci 0 for 2, Bergeron 0 for 1, uh, Coyle 2 for 7, Pasta 1 for 6. They have two shootout goals on 4. 4 on 4 on the year. Ridiculous. Harry and Quincy real quick. I know we gotta, we're up against the break. Let's get Harry in. What's up, Harry? How you doing, fellas? How are you? Good morning, uh... For the Bruins, uh, the defensemen, man, we, we got to shore it up. It's last year, get down to the end, we were losing guys to injury, getting banged up, ran out of defensemen. I believe that's what, uh, you know, cost them the Stanley Cup, losing three games at home to St. Louis. I'll hang up and listen. Great show this morning. Nice, Harry. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, again, we're talking about New Jersey, you got Sammy Vatanen out there, who isn't going to probably cost as much as Alec Martinez, which, I mean, Alec Martinez would be the perfect addition to me. But he's going to be in that Kreider realm. He's going to be. He's probably going to be the, if he gets moved. He's going to be the one defenseman that, that you know get acquires the most. But you know, first of all, we haven't brought up the Kovalchuk thing. I mean, the Bruins and Canadians haven't made a trade in like thirty years. Okay, this is so the year. I, I don't know if Sweeney and, Do- and Mark Bergeron ever actually even talk. Claude's there. But if you're going to talk to Montreal, look at Brendan Gallagher or Jeff Petrie or someone, not either Kovalchuk. Oh, Petrie, I like exactly. Big but shot. he's got term. So you. But th- th- that goes back to the problem. Are you giving? Uh, for a guy with term, you're probably giving up at least a second, if not a first, that you're doing that with the Montreal Canadiens. All right, if you're just hopping in, it's Sunday Skate. We talk Bruins every week here, 8 o'clock on uh, Sunday morning. Pete Blackburn from CBS, Matt Kalman. I'm Ken Lair, Wiggy James, and Fallon coming up at 9. Some final thoughts from us on the way next. You're listening to Sunday Skate with Ken Laird from the Greg Hill Morning Show, Pete Blackburn from CBS Sports, and WEEI.com Bruins writer Matt Kalman. Sunday Skate is brought to you by Star Market, the official supermarket of the Boston Bruins, and by Red River Technology. Final rush of the power play. Bjork enters the zone with three seconds to go on the man advantage. Krejci to McAvoy to Coyle! It's a five-on-five goal. 
There he is, the golden boy, Calman's guy, Charlie Coyle. Better than Krejci, declared it here on the show already this morning. Trade Krejci. We had Wiggy coming in during the break, who's up next with uh, James and Fallon. Once the trade burrs are on, you know he wants Chara to retire or be benched or be a third-pair defenseman. Uh, you were saying, though, Chara, of course, he was honored before the game yesterday for his uh, 1,000 as a Bruin, 1,500 yeah. in the NHL. And somebody else asked him again about his future. What did he say? Yeah, they always asked him. He said, oh, you'll ask me again. I haven't thought about it. So, you know, I mean, let's face it. He's going to keep playing. It's just a matter well, no, of. If they win the cup, he's hanging it up. No right? way. I don't. I don't. I would never put oh, that. You, that's on a perfect him. ending. Come on. Yeah, I think if they win, he's he probably he's probably done. I don't think he is because I don't think. What else is he going to do? He that's all he wants to uh, do is play. I don't think maybe they'll uh, give him a, an organizational role. Well, they definitely will. I mean, there's no doubt he has his pick of jobs in the organization when he when he retires if he chooses to do that. If I don't know why, after all these years of playing and all the money he's made, why you'd ever want to work again? But pick uh, look at all <laughs> the other guys around the league who've made a ton of money and spent their entire oh they, they, exactly it's, they it's, can't get it's nuts. It. But um, he replaced Cam. They, they, you just wonder. You just wonder how long the Bruins can continue to bring him back. I mean, at what point he's at what point will he come back and just play for league minimum or something? Because the poor guy got elbowed in the jaw again like he, last night. It's not like he's playing for no cap hit. You know, it's 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 a couple million with bonuses and everything, and you have to juggle all these other players, and you don't know. Obviously, it's a couple of years until the cap's going to really go up. So it is just interesting to see how much. He's willing to give up in terms of money to keep going to help out the team. Bruins in Detroit today, 12.30. And, Pete, you were saying the, the Bees have the easiest schedule in the league? No, remaining? not the easiest, but the, one of the easiest schedules in the league uh, down the stretch. I think uh, there are a lot of good teams that have very easy schedules down the stretch. They play Toronto one more time and Tampa twice, I think, right? A couple Twice within a week. Yeah. Still have to go to Western Canada. Still Western have to go to Canada. California. And so. the California trip, but the California teams stink, but... All right, good uh, job, guys. See you back here next Sunday at 8 a.m. If you missed it, uh, we'll be up, put it up on, on the podcast forum here shortly. And don't forget uh, our skate podcast every Thursday morning uh, at the Skate Pod on Twitter. And you can find it on iTunes, et cetera, et cetera. For Calman and Pete, I'm Ken. See you. Coming up next, don't forget Wiggy, James, and Fallon.